A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. It comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Ashley Chinati. Web producer and reporter for the National Post. Welcome back to Candleland Shortcuts. We're going to talk about Justin Trudeau in the USA. We're going to talk about the rebel media getting peed on. And we're going to talk about Wob Canoe's rhyme style. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me again. This episode of Candleland Shortcuts is brought to you by Dan Fornica, Adam, Nathan Bain, Sylvan, Patrick Hertel, Michael Chaddock, Nancy Cooper, and Adrienne Beamer. Adrienne, why did you decide to be awesome? Because Canada Land presents information in an irreverent, funny, and informative manner. This episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks, cloud accounting with FreshBooks.com. Check out FreshBooks.com slash Canada Land and you will find the best solution you could possibly find for doing your invoicing, for doing your billing, for time tracking. For anyone who is running their own business, who has to send invoices, who is self-employed, if you're wrestling with your taxes right now, let me tell you something. Nothing has made tax time simpler for me than being on FreshBooks. It is super simple. It tabulates how much HST you've received. It tabulates your annual expenses. You can look at it by client. Any way you want to slice and dice it, you can get an immediate figure. The mobile app is a thing of beauty. Check it out. 
You can try it free for 30 days. When you do decide to become a customer, tell them that Canada Land sent you. You'll be doing the show a favor. Go to freshbooks.com slash Canada Land right now. And Ashley, this episode is also brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Are you familiar with this mattress? I'm not familiar. This is, sounds like new technology. Is it a ghost mattress? It is not a ghost mattress. It is a mattress that arrives at your door in a box. They ship it to your house. They cut out Big Mattress. There is no Big Mattress showroom involved with Casper.com. Well, Big Mattress is pretty pricey. Ashley, this is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It has just the right sink, just the right bounce. Latex foam and memory foam. I like it because when my kids jump on the bed or if I rustle in my bed, it doesn't have that catapult effect where my wife feels it, where I feel it when the kid gets it. It isolates the movement. It's a risk-free trial and return policy. Try sleeping on it. you got 100 days to sleep on this mattress. If you don't like it, they will come and pick it up and take it back. These mattresses start at $725 for a twin. goes up to $1,275 for a king. It is a lot cheaper. That is a lot cheaper. It's a lot yeah. cheaper. Here is the part you're going to want to pay attention to. If you go to casper.com slash CanadaLand, you'll get $50 towards a mattress purchase. $50 off of that price when you use the offer code CanadaLand. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. Canada's new prime minister will become the first Canadian leader in almost two decades to be welcomed by the White House with a state dinner. It's an important relationship. You can't be Canadian without being aware of at least one other country, the United States, because it's so important to us. I think we sometimes like to think that, you know, Americans will pay attention to us from time to time, too. 
you know, it would be nice. Maybe sometimes Americans can kind of consider that maybe, I don't know, maybe it would be nice if you thought that, you know, we're here too. We're here too. We exist, right? JT on 60 Minutes, JT and the Pandas, JT on International Women's Day writing in the Globe and Mail. Have we reached peak JT? Oh, I, I think we're so far beyond peak JT. At least in the Canadian media, like it's been saturation for a long time now. People are still eating it up, though. Like I got this glowing text from my mom about how much she loved the 60 minute spot and made her feel so proud to be Canadian. I think that those of us who spend all of our time in the media and of the media are getting sick of it. But I don't think that's necessarily the case outside the bubble. I think that it's true that there is widespread appeal for the vision of Canadianness that Trudeau represents that was basically invented by his dad. We like to think of ourselves that way and we like it when the world thinks of us that way, which they haven't in a long time. But I think it's bullshit. You know, I don't think there's anything to it. There are things that this government has done that lend some credibility to reestablishing that attitude. There's a long way to go if it's about being progressive. I mean, one of the things that they lead into the segment on 60 Minutes with is, Canada happens to be important. And they actually <laughs> they have, to, they have to qualify that. Like, uh, well, we, we, we buy more oil from them than anyone else. And it's like, can we take a second to kind of like contrast this idea of Canadian progressiveness with Canada's oil economy and average amounts of fossil fuel in Canada per capita? I mean, there are some inconsistencies that belie that characterization and I would love to feel great about ourselves if it were true. Well, I guess that one thing that, that is nice about this, though, is the tone and the openness that this government is representing compared to what Stephen Harper represented. I mean, it's easy to forget that just, what, six months ago, maybe eight months ago, we would have been banging our head against the wall saying we couldn't get any information about whatever meetings Harper was having in Washington. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think there has been an important shift there. And I think the balance between, yeah, we are a resource economy. We always have been. We're a big, cold country. We use a lot of fossil fuels. But Ontario also got rid of coal burning before a lot of other places did. And it's something Obama is now talking about. So I think that there is a lot of good and a lot of bad. And I think any country is sort of an aspirational idea of trying to work towards something better. You're never done. Things can always be better for somebody. And I think that right now, people are taking a moment in feeling proud of someone who's willing to talk about the aspirations of something better. It's been a long time since we could feel good about ourselves and yeah. we judge it all by American media and American media loves them in Vogue in 60 Minutes. Though it's interesting that you bring up press control and Harper, because as, as we pointed out here before... Trudeau gave this like sit down one on one to 60 minutes, uh, gave an exclusive interview to Vogue. When he does one on ones here, as we mentioned before, he does these town hall formats. On CBC, he did a one on one with Mansbridge, but in combination with these Canadians asking him the questions, he is in a very different way stage managing his press exposure in Canada to play to his strengths. But I do feel a little irked that an American interviewer can get a higher degree of access, unfettered one-on-one. -on -one. I would be very curious to know what, if any, conditions. I don't imagine there were any with that 60 Minutes interview because you can kind of predict that he's not going to be called out point for point on policy matters when he sits down with 60 Minutes because it's it's for an American audience. So why can't our people get that here? We are getting some. I think the Mansbridge with the Canadians was really interesting because you did see some issues brought to him directly by people that are questions. He wouldn't necessarily be asked in, say, a business interview. I guess so, though I, this is where I feel like it's a job for journalists 
podcasts. I mean, we're not fully into it yet. It's not like we're at where it was with Harper with Duffy, where you needed to actually sit down and go like, no, excuse me, that was an imprecise answer. Can you answer this specifically? But actually, there's some stuff around conflict of interest that's already yeah. popping up with this government that it would be really interesting to see a rigorous interrogation style interview if there was actually a level of that, that transparency. I, I know that there are reporters who would like to do that. Of course there are. I think that every government has to balance access to actually getting things done. And I think part of the problem, too, is the hyper focus we have on things. Because if you say one word out of line, if you say one sentence out of line, that in itself can then become a story that lasts for days. So from a government's perspective, when they talk about communications and, and media interviews, like the amount of prep that they put into something like sitting down with 60 Minutes, they don't want to have an entire message derailed, like a week of important, say, legislation they're trying to bring forward, because they gave the prime minister to like eight media outlets for interviews. And in one of them, he misspoke and said, you know, the wrong word here. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not to entirely... actually say something that they didn't plan on saying, which yeah. is sort of our, that's our job. Is of to course. Get them off message yeah. Track. But well, I you think, tell me, I think let me, let me we, not. There's um... a balance in being fair with politicians that sometimes gets lost especially in the Twitter age, where context of the substance of a quote can be completely diluted. So I think that that contributes and exacerbates the problem of access to politicians. And I don't think that's to say that they shouldn't be giving us more access. I think that we've already seen Trudeau do a lot of full scrums. We've seen fewer recently. He did a couple right at the beginning that went on for a while. I think it'll be interesting to see if he goes back to the whole press gallery in Ottawa and just sort of does an open scrum like he's already done a couple of times. I actually think that's probably harder to take than a one-on-one interview because one-on-one you can sort of talk to someone. There's like that that personal and I think that there's a pack mentality when you get a bunch of reporters in the room where everyone wants to be the toughest questioner. So I think those are actually the bigger test of how open and transparent he's going to be is how many of those sort of full non-five question scrums he does. Let's change our direction here and have a look at an incredibly stupid story. I assume that you're a, you're a cisgender straight woman because uh, you obviously you are I mean, that, really and that you and that you probably that. I, I actually haven't ever been raped. Either. I actually identify so as an attack like, helicopter so, me, so it's really offensive. Like speaking from a very privileged point of view here. Very privileged. Yes. Sorry guys. There's only two genders, two genders, female and male. This is extremely <laughs> controversial to say. Science and facts, extremely controversial. Oh my god. Okay. So to try to give people a little bit of context on what you just heard, Augustus Sol Invictus, that is the name of the libertarian candidate for Senate from the state of Florida, big shocker there. That's what he changed his name to. It means majestic unconquered son in Latin. I fell into an Augustus Sol Invictus Don't go down that rabbit hole. I did it too. Don't do it. This exists. I think it might be a joke. He is a goat blood drinking fascist libertarian. He has the Latin fasces, like the bindle of sticks with the axe, the actual fascistic Logo. I'm, I'm down the rabbit hole. He was coming to Vancouver. There was a protest of anti-fascist people to meet him. He didn't get into Vancouver. It was raining. It was Vancouver. And it's like non-story on top of non-story. Everything about the situation is ridiculous because he was coming to speak and then the rebel was going to cover it with this reporter and then he didn't show up and there was this protest outside and then what you heard was the rebel reporter getting into it with the protesters. Lauren Southern is a 20-year-old, they call her a reporter. Yeah. There's many types of journalism that we can call journalism. I don't think she was there to report at least what we saw. 
I think she's Ezra's answer to Ann Coulter is yeah. the idea. And she's a young woman who was provoking. What you heard there, there was a crowd of, I guess, progressives. And I mean, I don't even know where the gender theory stuff starts getting into this, but where we joined that protest was Lauren Southern is there with her iPhone, I guess, interviewing protesters, but mostly she's just got she it on her own a mouth. Dude with a camera with her. It was bizarre because like she's there covering this protest and the protest doesn't exist because the guy didn't actually show up. She's got her phone and then she's got her camera. And then there was somebody from another organization, which is where the video clip comes from. And she is just taunting and berating these people. And she's got this kind of very rehearsed satiric stance against gender politics. Like, oh, there's only two gender. You, you can't say that you identify as anything but man or female. I identify as an attack helicopter. Well, then maybe she can't identify as a reporter. Like, <laughs> maybe. That's a good question as well. I mean, just to use the language very plainly, she was not reporting. I mean, what we saw is a story about Lauren Southern, yeah. you know, becoming the news and whatever you think about that. And it got ugly. I felt that like a very difficult thing to watch. Just like, why are you picking on these people? It's bizarre. What You're looking for the trouble and, and I don't understand what the point is. It got into like, do we believe women when they accuse people of rape? And she goes, well, I accuse you of rape, pointing at some woman in the crowd. And there's women there trying to like futilely make sense with it. Just like, look, why are you doing this? There's like children who are raped. Like no one's there to bear witness. And you're like, who are you here to argue with? And then somebody approaches her from behind and douses her in some liquid from Mm -hmm. a bottle. Ashley. (laughs) The National Post, I think originally ran a headline and that headline was... Activist pours bottle of urine on rebel reporter during anti-fascist rally in Vancouver. The headline, I believe, has since been changed to activist accused of pouring bottle of urine. This is where this story has progressed to. It's a rapidly evolving news story. Is Was it pee? And I am going to dub this scandal Watergate. Is that taken? <laughs> Can we call it that? Everyone involved in this story is pretty terrible, except for that one reasonable woman in the video. Like, who's just like, I don't know why you're doing this. Like, she just seems lovely. A bunch of the people around her seem like pretty odious too, though, because of the way they like cheer and sort of flip off her after she gets. Oh, she should have been like whatever it was, whatever it was. And it's just like I just I love that. that. I love the irony of an anti-fascist rally like cheering when somebody's silence like there's just a like an irony there like at the ideological level that just kills me but this woman from the rebel this is her thing this is what she does she goes around and tries to provoke reactions she was at the verdict in the gregory allen elliott trial yeah and she was literally on the steps of the front of the courthouse with a bunch of his supporters who were like pumping her fist and stuff like that like behind them during his scrum and it was just bizarre to watch because if you're there as a reporter as i was you just take notes about what's going on. Like you shouldn't be advocating. So I guess maybe she's some kind of video columnist or journalist in that way. But to the P-gate side of things or the Watergate, whatever we want to call it, the original reporting was based on what she said. The first thing she said, if you look at the tape, is like, oh, I think it was soda pop, but maybe it was pee. And then later she was like, no, it was pee. I think she was having a bit of fun with it, though. Like I think she was purposefully trying to make it more of a thing. Like it's It's all sport. I think we're indulging her a lot by talking about it more. I think we're indulging the whole thing. I thought it was really interesting. So I sort of, I put out sort of a tongue in cheek tweet about the irony of anti-fascists throwing things on people to silence them. And then a lot of people brought me down this rabbit hole with them of like, was it P? Was it not P? Who are all these people involved? Who's this Inviticus guy? We don't need any of this. And I take your point that we are fueling it. I want to talk about it to talk about why we talk about it, which I guess is its own little uh, tail eating snake. But 
I don't remember the rebel like breaking news anytime. Like the rebel stories are about the rebel and the rebel engineers, political theater where they are barred entry from things. I'm not saying that they weren't barred entry from the Alberta legislature that happened, but their stock and trade is playing the victim and like, Oh, I thought we were the right wing bullies. Look what the left is doing. As they're attacking the left for playing the victim. Like that's when your head just starts to hurt here. She's like, somebody tried to silence me. Somebody poured pee on me. As she's standing there screaming at women about saying women are playing the victim. It's a snake eating its tail and nobody wins. It is. And it's a big laugh. And she's having a laugh. And she's saying, what? I I say it's Pete. I thought we all believe women. And I smell danger here. And I'm not just bringing this onto this show because it's a fun thing to talk about and silly and stupid. I think that Ezra is playing with fire. This is a 20-year-old woman. And he is sending her out to be deliberately baiting and provoking of issues where like who goes to protests that have to do with with issues of sexual assault rape like rape victims people could get hurt on either side of this mm-hmm. go ahead exercise your freedom of speech everybody but this is some wild exploitation stuff going on here and i fear like it might not be a joke forever it's not no one should take that as any kind of a threat i'm saying that if you go and taunt and bait people about very divisive controversial issues if you're doing that just to get the clicks i feel for her own sake of like she's so young she's very young like and think she's, about things you thought when you were 20 and where you are now her digital trail from this is like this is now yeah. a lifetime legacy and if Ezra can kind of look her dad and mom in the eye and say like oh you know it's wonderful working with your daughter and everything is chill and everybody's cool with that then who am I to butt in here except to say like <laughs> this looks really volatile to me is this a symptom? Is this an effect of the polarization that we've been experiencing when it comes to debating a lot of these issues? You can't say anything about the believe women or gender politics or any of that debate that's anywhere askew from a strict set of norms without getting it from the left. But if you say anything about it that's trying to advance those causes, you sort of get it from this like bizarre, super right wing end of things. Like, I don't think there's any middle ground. Like, I don't think there's a lot of reasonable debate out there on some of these issues. I think that anything that sort of bucks against what's considered the accepted dogma on either side becomes in and of itself another source of controversy. And I think that that feeds what the rebels trying to do here. I don't know if I agree. First of all, I don't agree that necessarily on the progressive side, it's become a matter of like adherence and dogma. I think that when people are trying to change things, when there is a progressive campaign and there's an attitude of like, no, we are trying to change the way we talk about this. We're trying to get people to think about this. That does push things to an extreme because there's an actual agenda in play. Does that mean that it is a like its own form of like fascism and there's no room for debate or conversation? I think we've been having a great conversation about some of these things. I think On it its can fr- become its own form of fascism, though, when you start seeing speakers being shut down because 20 years ago they said something about gender politics or rape shield laws or something like that that they have since disavowed. And then they aren't allowed to continue being a speaker. I'm thinking very specifically of um, Judy Bindle, I think that's her first name, from The Guardian. She's faced protests over things that she has retracted and said, I was wrong and I've evolved and here's where I am. And I think that there is sort of a strain of silencing dissent. And I don't think that's to belittle the aims of these movements. I'm a big proponent of the conversations that we've had about believing women. We've actually had some positive change already. Yesterday, the Ontario legislature passed a bill that actually makes it easier for domestic violence and sexual violence victims to break leases. It mandates university campuses and college campuses creating 
sexual assault strategies for what to do if someone brings forward a complaint. Like there's a whole host of little changes that removes the statutory limits on filing civil claims, Mm -hmm. like big, important changes. And it's gotten zero play. We don't celebrate when something good is happening. Don't, don't you think that those good things happen because of the conversation? Of course, that, that of course the they do. But I think we also need to acknowledge them when they when they do happen and be like, hey, this should happen more places, if only just to facilitate more of a discourse there. I don't give a fuck about all these other clips and I give less than that for these one night chicks. That's why y'all hear that your pussy ain't shit right before I say it. Her pussy ain't shit. That's a treatment for a Wab Canoe has been rapping about bitches and whores as recently as a few years ago. Now he's the NDP candidate in Fort Rouge. So, Wab is the favorite in this uh, his first race as a politician. And then on International Women's Day, this story bubbles up. It's not a news story. Everyone knew that he was a rapper. And in fact, he, in his book, had apologized for some of his lyrics. And at a uh, Aboriginal award ceremony, had apologized for the lyrics. But uh, all of a sudden, these tweets talking about his lyrics. And some of them are actually a little bit, I would say, taking things out of context and suggested that like one of them said, hey, happy International Women's Day from Wab Canoe," and then was reprinting some of his stuff as if he had just said it today. So we were looking for the actual clips that you just heard. And I tweeted to Wab like, I can't find them on the internet. I want to like talk about this and, and talk about it in context. Where can I find your music? And he didn't respond. But this guy, Dave Shore, did guy on Twitter said, oh, I've got these. I'm going to send you the MP3s. And first of all, I said, oh, thanks. Great. And he sent them to me. And then I learned a little bit more about Dave Shore. He has political affiliations and has worked in politics. I asked him, like, what's your relationship to this current election? He says, I'm completely uninvolved. Then he followed up to say, I might door knock for some friends with both liberals and Tories, but I'm otherwise unaffiliated. I am the past executive director of a think tank called Manitoba Forward. I was the director of media relations for the Manitoba Liberal Party in 2011 for the provincial election. And I still do consulting work here and there, but nothing in this campaign. I'm just a citizen. So that's Dave Shore. And I don't know to what extent he is the one. We haven't investigated this to the point. I don't know if, if this new round of, hey, everybody, Wab Canoe's got these misogynistic lyrics. But I did want to put that into context, and I'm going to go down a, a Dave Shore rabbit hole okay. for a second, because we're supposed to be talking about Wab Canoe, but I actually found myself a bit more interested in Dave Shore. An old column from the Winnipeg Free Press's Nick Martin asked, like, how stupid do the liberals think that we in the, in the media are? I got this press release from Dave Shore with the liberal campaign talking about how the NDP's Jennifer Howard is, like, pro-smoking. And Dave Shore quoted to Nick Martin this quote, and this is what Jennifer Howard said, uh, according to Dave Shore. When I speak now to friends of mine who have kids who are turning 18 and starting to go out to bars for the first time, it strikes me that this generation will never know a smoke-filled bar. That will never be part of their experience. And that was the quote that Dave Shore sent to Nick Martin from Jennifer Howard as proof that she's pro-smoking. So then Nick Martin went and actually looked at the Hansard. And the full quote is, it'll never be part of their experience, smoke-filled bar. I think that is a tremendously positive change in the culture. (laughs) That's some great oppo research right there. Really effective. So with all of that context as to why we are now discussing Wab Canoe's past as a, I guess, hardcore rapper and the uh, homophobic and misogynistic lyrics that we have just heard, what do you think? Well, this is where I guess I will break with what's considered the acceptable dogma of a certain kind of feminism. I am totally okay with rappers and artistic expression using offensive terms when it comes to women. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Don't buy into their albums. It's a capitalist act. Like, don't support them. I think when it comes to Wab Canoe specifically, he is 
grown as a person and said, I don't have these views anymore. I realize they were wrong. He wrote about it in his book. And I think that if young people who have silly views like that woman from the rebel grows up, is she going to be able to disavow what she said? Who knows? He has. He's openly said it. And I think now he wants to be a positive force. I want to see more growth from our politicians. I want to see someone who says, like, you know what? I had this idea. I was wrong. Here's where I stand now. Because I don't want them to go into office and be presented with a bunch of evidence of, say, climate change and then not act. I want political leaders who are critical thinkers who are willing to evolve. And if we don't allow people to evolve, if we don't allow people to change their minds, then I don't know what's going to happen with not just this generation of political leaders. What about 20 years down the line? Like the people who are our age, who've been on social media, have said stupid things when they're trying to figure out what they believe in. When Lauren Southern is running for the Green Party, we want her to be able to disavow the P video. Exactly. I think I agree in spirit with most of what you're saying. And I want to add something to it, which is just that like, I want us to grow up when it comes to context, because you could quote someone as saying, you know, women's so evil, mistreating. And if you don't include that, that was something that somebody sang in a blues song, or you, you know, you can include that somebody said, can you believe that? He said, squeeze my lemon until the juice runs down. Well, he said that in his weekend Zeppelin cover band. I mean, the context and the idiomatic expressions of these cultural forms is relevant context. And they're not always negative, right? Like the term boss bitch isn't negative. Wob Canoe's lyrics were negative. I think that you have to place them in context. I mean, there's all kinds of aspects to this. There's nuance in like, why can Johnny Cash say, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die? And we understand he's playing the role of a bad guy. But in hip hop, we immediately ascribe, no, that is a first person. You you just admitted to that. And in fact, Paul McLeod at BuzzFeed did a piece on how in sentencing black guys, increasingly the rap lyrics that are found on YouTube are being brought into the courtroom. Yeah, it's bizarre. I think it is a form of cultural bias Mm -hmm. against hip hop. So it's visited on specific people. So I'm not trying to say we shouldn't have a discussion about misogyny and hip hop lyrics, misogyny and art. I think that's totally on to have a conversation. But for somebody to be entering public life and for the media, obviously at the behest of certain operatives, to kind of say like, no, let's kick this guy off right now and stop what might be a brilliant political career. And we give Drake the key to the city. Yeah. His most popular song is slut shaming some Toronto woman who they ended their relationship and she had a good time after he's left. You poor baby. And like no one talks about that and we give him the key to the city. Right. right? So I I think that you're right that there is something here too about who we're going to try and talk about on these things. I mean, Wakanu has been really thoughtful about this, right? And in Canada, like what's a more important diversity issue in Canada than having more Indigenous people self-representing in our government. Yes. A lot of these guys didn't go to UCC. Surprise, surprise. They're not going to have the same kind <laughs> of... Mean they're not going to have Conrad Black's uh, thesaurus. Like... That's right. If you vet people who come from different types of backgrounds, <laughs> yeah. they're going to have different kinds of experiences. And there's digital yeah. records of everything. So diversity means a lot of different things. It's not just about like, well, I would have the same problem with a white guy who had hardcore... I'd actually have more of a problem. I never like it when we start going down this path of like, what is and isn't okay for someone to say. I love hip hop. I listen to a lot of it. And I would love to see an evolution in some of our in some of our people. Actually, I was listening to The Life of Pablo last night. Yeah. Kanye's new album. And this song, the song about the Virgin Mary one with Kim was essentially saying like, so what if you sucked off 40 other guys before me? Like, I'm totally okay with that. And you, there, there are probably 20 bitches you want to unfollow on Twitter. And he uses other words I'm not going to repeat. 
but the sentiment of the song is actually like, I don't care about your sexual past. Like you're my yeah. person, you're my Virgin Mary. And he's using really misogynistic language for something I think at the end of the day is pretty feminist in its way. I think it's hard for people to understand, and it was hard for me to understand before I became a hip-hop fan. You just hear the ugliness and you just hear the, the offensiveness. We are speaking today 20 years to the day after the Notorious B.I.G. was shot and killed, the greatest of all time, whose lyrics are way more offensive, extraordinarily and beautifully and poetically so, and he played the bad guy in this way that it's just no one has ever matched. It's a cultural context thing, but I think it's worth exploring. And the one thing I will say, and I know I'm going to hear a lot of people, oh, look, look let's listen. To how We're going to get so much heat for you this. Walk, you know, oh, so like you're, you're a feminist until it's an ab- the mathematics yeah. of this. I would like to see Wab Canoe engage with this beyond simply disavowing, mm-hmm. apologizing. I've progressed. I've changed. We should talk about sexism in these lyrics, and we should talk about the culture of aggressive braggadocio and sexual conquest and the homophobia in there. I'd like to engage on that stuff and discuss it a bit more. I think that there's an opportunity there to get beyond this, oh, my political career is under assault. Mm-hmm. Can I apologize and get ahead of it and away from it and put that behind me? Or is this going to trip me up forever? And I think there is a really interesting conversation being had in hip hop about misogyny, about homophobia. Like, I think that really is starting to happen. What I find really interesting are artists like Nicki Minaj who take the misogynistic and patriarchal tropes and then own them to promote her own brand of feminism. And I think that also there's a big problem with, and this is kind of ironic to say as we're two white people having this conversation, of the dominant culture policing the the, the black women's self-representation in hip-hop. We saw that a lot when Beyonce called herself a feminist. There were a lot of people being like, well, she's wearing a little corset. How can she dance in front of a feminist sign? And I was like, because she's choosing to wear it. She's owning that. Let her be. You asked earlier, you know, where is there room for an actually nuanced, moderate conversation that's interesting and that is respective of that sex exists and sexuality exists and you can objectify yourself and you can... Kanye has been disgustingly misogynistic and yet he can say these other things. And he says Bill Cosby He's innocent. Like, that's a whole other issue. I'm not saying Kanye is a feminist, guys. Sure. I'm saying you can read some of his songs as some having some interesting feminism. But where is the intelligent, nuanced conversation on these issues taking place? In hip-hop songs. <laughs> Ashley, thank you very much. Anytime. This has been Canada Land Shortcuts. Hope you enjoyed it. You can reach me always at jesse at canadalandshow.com. And we're on Twitter, at Canada Land. Ashley, where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me at Ashley Chinati. My last name's really weird to spell. It starts with a CS, so that'll probably guide you right there. And uh, my Gmail is the same thing at Gmail. Our website is canadalandshow.com. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. The next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. The next episode of Canada Land Commons will be up on Tuesday. I make this show with Kevin Sexton. If you like what we do... Please support us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
the secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.